With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey listeners, it's Phil Mackey. We're talking Minnesota sports five days a week on Mackey and Judd with Rami. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Score North app, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you're tight on time today and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. All right, welcome back. It's Mackey and Judd with Rami here on Score North and the Score North app. It's Thursday. It's uh, Thursday and uh, 4.30 means Sage Football Wisdom with our journeyman quarterback friend and former Vikings quarterback, Sage Rosenfels. And uh, let's let's start with the drama that has been, as Bob Lee on Outside the Lions would say, percolating throughout the NFL landscape. Stefan Diggs, and I don't want to know your thoughts on like Stefan Diggs deleting his Instagram posts of Vikings and that stuff. I want to know from a quarterback perspective, how good is Stefan Diggs? How how good is he compared to other wide receivers from a quarterback perspective? He does make all quarterbacks better. He is an excellent route runner. Uh, you know, separation is like a quarterback's best friend, and the more a receiver can separate from his receiver, the less accurate a quarterback sort of has to be. When they're right on their back, it, it's not hard to throw a slant or, or some sort of a, a shallow crossing route. He just has a way. He has speed. He has quickness. And then those types of guys usually aren't sort of good 50-50 ball guys, as in guys on the outside with one-on-one fade routes, they call those 50-50 balls. And a lot of times those really quick guys like the Wes Walkers who can get that separation, which are a quarterback's best friend, they're not they're inside guys. They're not outside guys who can do that. He's also really good on the outside. He's also good at just running deep stuff, just straight-up speed posts. I mean, he really is a full wide receiver uh, and an excellent player. Um, but the hardest part with him, it seems like, is is – that probably also is, motivates him, or maybe it's the fifth, you know, being a lower draft pick or whatever it is, but he seems to have this thing where it's like, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is like seems to be never a pain in the neck, mm-hmm. right? He never has that like, oh, man, he's, got, he's, he's unhappy with his contract and this, that, and the other, and he just sort of seems to always play everything the right way, and Stefan Diggs seems to occasionally, uh, you know, make some, you know, sort of make waves or make, uh, noise that is sort of concerning for everybody, and it just makes it for a challenging relationship sometimes. And when it comes to that noise, whether it's sideline tirades or not showing up for practice for a couple days or winking into a camera or his Instagram antics, we hear the distraction label a lot, cancer in the locker room a lot. Is that overplayed? How much does that type, those types of antics affect the locker room, Sage? I mean, do you guys have anybody in that office that's just extremely annoying? Yeah, me, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, like they really everybody. go at their job, but you know, I'm the guy. Uh, he or she is just extremely annoying to be around. Like, if it's not this, it's that. Like, oh, another week, another something, right? I mean, uh, and the hard part is, I mean, you can imagine like in a regular workplace. Like, yeah, they're really good at what they do, but man, they are uh, getting on my nerves. And get and it sort of that does start to sort of wear on any you know work environment. And and so yeah, that's. I think there's a difference between, like, distractions and, you know, players being sort of in the news a lot. I think there's a difference. And and, uh, I see Russell Wilson in the news a lot. He's constantly at children's hospitals and doing this. And and, and Kyle Rudolph in Minnesota, same sort of way. They're not usually distractions, though. It seems like Stefan's are are more about distractions, which is usually about, you know, something with the contractor not getting the ball enough. And those two things – uh, by a player who does get the ball a lot, and by a player who uh, you know had a huge jump of production from a yards per catch and thing standpoint this year, and is being paid very well, you'd like to think those guys shouldn't be distractions. Sage, give me the biggest diva during the course of your career that you played with, and the best story to uh, articulate how that person might have created some issues that didn't need to happen. <sighs> Well, the biggest diva was probably like Michael Westbrook. Oh, he my rookie year. He was like an, such an odd guy. I think he had something like a thousand suits. Like I'm talking like fancy two thousand dollar suits or something. I mean, the guy and he drove a Lamborghini. Uh, he was always sort of injured, and this has bothered me a little bit. He was just sort of a strange guy. Um, and would run the wrong route and come back and be like, well, we should be doing this. I mean, just like, what, are, what world do you live in That's over the there? That's we should have run right there. <laughs> yeah, so. you know, like, well, I just ran to the green, you know, so... I mean, that's. I guess that's not really a distraction. Like I'm talking, talking like off the field distraction. Yeah, just cause problems. That's a pretty good one. I mean, a guy who who doesn't take blame for running the wrong route and has a thousand, two thousand dollar suits. That's uh, interesting. Yeah, you know, Chad Johnson. You know, I thought he like. I love O2 Singer, but he was annoying. You know, when he played, right? I mean, I don't think all the stuff that he was doing was making the football team better. It was getting him a lot of exposure and a lot of, you know, it's that chasing fame thing. And, again, I, I think that's what, you know, people like like Larry Fitzgerald, people respect him about it because, listen, Larry loves attention. He loves being in the news and people thinking he's great, but he does those things that, you know, aren't annoying but are, are just like, you know, positive uh, and, and, you know, team-oriented and stuff. So I'm going to have to I'm have to think about this one for a second. Going back through, uh, you know, um, mm, I don't know. I'm about to think about this one for a second. I, That's I a think, good question. I think you're. I there it is, Judd. Nice job. Congratulations. I got the good, good question, question, boys. All right. It, it was at the end for the first time too. Mm, Judd, you uh, want to know an interesting story? I thought um, Antrell Roll when I was in New York, and I was there for one year, and Antrell would occasionally call the coaches like straight up, and occasionally, you know, he was sort of the anti Eli Manning. Sometimes the press conference, he would say things that would sort of piss people off. But he also, and, and, and right after I left there, they won the Super Bowl with Antrell, that he also was sort of like the warrior. You know, like he was, uh, like legitimately all ball. And it was like very personal to him, everything. Uh, and, and one, I think one time he actually called the coaching staff during preseason, everybody called some other players or whatever. And people were like, you know, is it, he was probably on all the, the PTIs of the world, like what Antrell Rolls talking about. And so I thought he was going to be almost one of those divisive guys, but actually in reality, Everyone loved Antrell, and like they sort of loved that passion about him. 
but it wasn't about his contract or it wasn't about, you know, why he's not getting the ball more. You know, it was more of like I'd actually like to be used more defensively and do some more things because he was one of those guys, sort of a pre-Tyron Matthew, uh, where he was one of those guys that, like, was a good corner, was a good safety, was a good tackler, could play linebacker, could sort of play anywhere because he was just sort of a, a good football player. And he wasn't even fast. He was like a, you know, probably a 4 or five, 5 guy or something like, like that. Why, so. why is it that, so whenever we're talking about, a football player who's being dramatic on social media and posting cryptic things and uh, and and maybe popping off uh, to the media. You know some of these things that also uh, correlate with Stefan Diggs. Why is it never like the left guard? You know why? Why is it never? You know why isn't like or the or a defensive tackle? Why isn't Lin- like why do we Lin- allow Joseph I, or something? I hate that. I hate how we like allow. And I always thought Gary Kubiak was really really. Um, uh, what is, is the word opaque? He's really clear, I should say, about like what he expected of you as a player, and he did not really allow like receivers to be divas and offensive linemen to like not have any sort of voice. Like everyone was very, very equal, and I always respected that about him. You know, a lot of coaches going back to sort of you know really forever, but you could say again like the Jimmy uh, Johnson days in Dallas is is like listen, there's certain positions that we just allow for you know, uh, annoying or, or selfish behavior or media, you know, spotlight, uh, uh, whatever, chasing, and other players we sort of don't. And I sort of, I, mean, I think it's all, like, I, I think you try to make a team, everyone equal, I get it, like you have these superstar things, but the best superstars I was ever around the ones that didn't act that way. Andre Johnson, I can't say enough about that guy. In that position, and, and of course, you know he's a quieter guy, so it sort of helps, uh, maybe a little more of an introvert, but it was so refreshing to have the guy who was hands down the best player on our football team when I was in Houston to be not a distraction, like ever. There was one issue one time with his contract because he's probably signed a, a, an undermarket deal and he had like two years left, and, and but that was really it. Uh, he was always team-oriented, and, and to have that on your team where the best, one of the best players, like the most humble. I mean, our Friday workouts were the Andre Johnson workout in the summertime. We went Monday through Thursday, and Friday was optional. And if you went, it was the Andre Johnson run, and it was hell. It was terrible, uh, which is why I rarely did it. Uh, so so, uh, but Andre was one of those guys, and I, that's that's what you're looking for in your football team. You know, they're hard to find. You know, ego is quite the thing uh, in sports and in life. And and uh, I just um, Stefan Stefan Diggs is a great football player. He's a he's a fantastic receiver. I wish I could have played with a guy like him. And uh, I, I hope that whatever's going on, that he finds happiness playing for the Vikings, making a heck of a paycheck. And at some point, he's probably going to get another paycheck, whether from the, from the Vikings or somebody else. But he, he is really important to have on this football team. How long is DeAndre Johnson running? What kind of terrain are we talking about here? Well, you know, we're talking Houston, so there's there are no hills here, right? We're just talking about, like, you know, on the practice field. But it was just... The different types of things they would do, and the number of sprints, and the back and forth, and the agility stuff—it uh, was like stuff they did back at the University of Miami. Uh, and Football. Uh, the way those guys worked out in the summertime, I guess, it was a little different in South Florida. So it was—it was like the Andre Johnson workout. It was just, you know, it was a lot of running. It was just really hard. Sage, your thoughts on the proposal that we saw uh, come down yesterday, which I think has been percolating for a while now, though adding a playoff team to each conference, and ultimately, I think that would be for 2020, ultimately for 2021 then, going to uh, the expanded 17-game schedule. And here's the one thing that surprised me, dialing it back to uh, three preseason games. I thought we were talking one or two 
So ultimately, though, a league that talks all the time about how much they care about player safety and keeping guys away from concussions now is talking about adding uh, more playoff teams and one more for now regular season game. Yeah, you know what's interesting is the preseason games, um, they shouldn't be, I almost feel like they shouldn't be considered like regular games at all. I think they're vitally important uh, for young players, for players with, with not much experience, for young quarterbacks. I mean, I, a lot of people, just like me, like sort of made it in the league by earning it in the preseason sort of year after year after year and that been extended into a career where maybe they weren't as good. You know, they're raw out of college. Offensive linemen, that'd be a great place for those guys to get, you know, true true game reps and, and game, you know, type action at an NFL level because there's a vast array of, like, offensive line coaching in college football, right? So I think they're really important. They just shouldn't be sold. They should be sort of sold in a different package, I think, of, like, the young guys game or the, you know, maybe you have a, a, a roster of young players trying to make the team and you have a roster like these sort of XFL-type guys and, and if someone some do well, they make the they make training camp, you know, or the, or they make the active actual roster for the season or something like that, right? So I think they're I think they're actually important. Uh, I, I'm really interested on what they come down with here if they go 14 uh, postseason games or four, four, I should say 14 teams in the postseason, right? Yeah, and a 17 game schedule. Most importantly, I just wonder if I'm going to make more money. Like, am I going to get more money out of this? I mean, like that's, I don't, you know, probably not. Like so, you, I don't Sage, really or, an a, or an active NFL football player? What exactly? As like Sage currently is a retired football player. <laughs> am I going to make more money? You know, is like my 401k going to get more cash put into it, or my annuity or something I'm getting when I'm 55 or 60 years old? Like, you know, that's sort of the thing. Is is it's hard? It, it would be somebody recommended like the players should be going for lifetime benefits, and I'm like, well, is that former players too going for lifetime benefits? That'd be nice to not have that bill uh, that I currently have every month. So you. No, I, I don't know. I, I, the NFL plays a lot of games. I think sort of the eight-team, you know, 16-game schedule with, with uh, four divisions of eight and how they do it now, like, just feels perfect to me. It's like when people talk about having an expanded uh, uh, 33rd team, like in London or something. I'm like, I sort of love, it's almost, a, it's a perfect sort of, you know, eights and fours and twos. It's it's a tournament set up perfectly. I don't know. I, I, I like that there's a one and a two seed. Um, in in, in uh, the playoffs, uh, in this 14-game format, there would just be a one seed would get the bye, and that's it. Uh, the two would have to play you know, in a game, and, and I like that one and twos get byes. So I'm not a big fan of, it, of uh, expanding the playoffs. I think if they do another week, they're going to have to add another um, bye week, which I think really they can do because you know what? Like what we learned about the XFL, if you extended the NFL season super long, people would, would watch – enough of the game that's not their game that way, week, right? Like, with the, you know, the Vikings bye week, people still watch football. You end up watching the Bears-Packers game or something like that. And so to have more bye weeks, uh, I think, would actually, you know, hugely increase uh, – um, uh, adding it would go from a 17-week to a 19-week season. It's, you know, two more weeks of football games. And so I think in a bye week and a, a 17th game, that actually would make sense. I think players would actually love having a second bye week. Is scratching one preseason game off the schedule an attractive bargaining chip if you're an established player in this league who probably wasn't going to play in at least one, probably two preseason games anyways? You know, I don't know about how much, like, older guys really care about, like, younger guys getting more reps and beating them out. Um, you know, I... I 
the hard part about the preseason games are there's those guys that are there's like 20 guys or maybe 15 guys who are are they going even as a vet or a young guy are they going to make the team are they not going to make the team they really have to you know play in those games and see which guy plays the best and see what you know what the organization sees out of both of them and, and the issue with that is sometimes those are you know 12 year defensive linemen that who are on the end of their career and maybe physically they're not as good as these young guys but of course they may have they have all the experience and the mental side and of course it's much easier for coaches when you have experienced guys but you know those guys are also competing for that 49th spot on the roster or whatever it might be so um you know, the, I said the, the the preseason game is aspect of everything is really interesting. I didn't even realize for a while into my career that they were you know being charged the same amount for preseason games as regular season games. It blew my mind that people were that was like a part of the whole you know sort of ticket package that basically that was the equal price. So they should be priced differently. Yep. You know, I think you put those things at twenty or twenty five bucks. Now you can get a lot of people that no, don't normally can come to football games actually can show up. Um, you drop, you know, concession stand prices, and you try to get as many people in there as possible because uh, people will watch. You know, and I, I'm sure a lot of people in Minneapolis who can't afford to go to a, a game at U.S. Bank Stadium would love to bring their family uh, in for a game for a hundred bucks or something like that, rather than you know five hundred dollars. So uh, I think there's a way they can make it just whether it's making more money or not uh, a better product. And and, I, and again, I, I do see the value of these preseason games. Sage boys. Mackie and I hit on this, I think, two years back, and Sage just named the games perfectly. The young guys' games would not be played in August. They would be played as part of a June preseason in which you only play the guys that NFL Sage... Summer League. Exactly right. And so you have June games because I'm much more likely to be drawn to, oh, wow, a football game with NFL-type talent mm-hmm. in June than I am in August. So, Sage, welcome aboard. This is actually an idea that I think could work. And think about this real quick. So the the NBA has, it's been about 10 years now that the NBA Summer League has been a Mm -hmm. huge thing. And it's a place not only where scouts and executives and coaches and media sort of congregate for a week, two weeks, but they actually fill the arenas with fans who are watching draft pick players and second year players and it it, it it it's a fun watch and it's like it it, it sort of wets your whistle and and so if you're telling me that uh, let's let's get rid of preseason games or have a, a three game or a three week summer league and we get to watch the third string quarterbacks do battle that's where everyone can watch 12 quarters of Kyle Sloter okay if you want to watch Kyle Sloter for 12 quarters slinging the ball around do it in June or July before actual training well camp. if you really want to get into like the thought process of expanding this whole thing and like if you think about how OTAs work now, what you do is you'd have a monster roster. It'd be like 130 players or something like that. Eh, maybe 120 Football. players. But you do your your OTAs and all that stuff more springtime, less summertime. So we're talking like April and uh, May, and then that June July would be the younger players, uh, in a sense, uh, actually you know having one week of like padded practices. And then they go into you know a four game preseason or something like that, uh, or how would it work? Right, basically there'd be a preseason before the preseason, but you just have to move everything back, and and then those players would have a chance to make the actual tr- sort of training camp roster of two weeks, and then boom, you're into this into, into the uh, the actual um, uh, season itself, right? So I, I could I think that would be you know a, a different way to go and. And have a chance for more younger guys, in particular quarterbacks and offensive linemen, to get more experience. Yeah, uh, sage football wisdom here, Mackie and Jub with Rami. 
So the latest Mel Kiper mock drafts, Godfather mock, his 2.0 earlier this week, <laughs> he dropped a bombshell. He has the Detroit Lions taking Tua at number three. And so we've sort of been speculating here for a month, month and a half. Well, what would it take if the if the Vikings really wanted to move on Tua and sort of do what the Chiefs did a couple of years ago to move up a bunch of picks to get to, to Pat Mahomes? But, what but would it to cost? ten. But to ten. Correct. Not to three. But now that like if if the Lions do this at three, then then you know the Vikings have no shot. But how much have you had a chance to uh, look at Tua tape? What do you know about him? And 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 if if he stays healthy, how good do you think he is? If Tua is healthy, and I'd, I'd like to know what all of his, you know, when he goes to the combine next week, he'll have to go through all these MRIs, all these doctors that will be, you know, checking out every single injury that they actually have seen on the University of Alabama charts that say what these players have had. You know, oh, he had a sprain to this, he had a torn this, he had a surgery here. They're going to go through all of that. Um, that intrigues me for one. But if you take that injury aspect out of it, and I've watched Tua, I've watched Joe Burrow, I've watched uh, uh, Justin Herbert, I've watched the Jordan Love kid a little bit, um, Tua is the best quarterback. I, I think he's better than Joe Burrow. I would take him. I think there's more things that he does. He's a, a more, I don't want to say exciting player, but um, he makes more plays happen. He's extre- he's very, very accurate. Um, there's so many things I like about him. He's got great feet. Um, I, I think he could be a really good NFL quarterback. I think he, I think he will be better than Joe Burrow. So, um, that, but he's been injured some, and he's injured currently, and, and you know who knows when that when he'll be healthy to actually get going. But um, I, I could see him definitely going to the first five picks of the draft. There's some speculation now with Joe Burrow hinting that he might try and leverage his way out of Cincinnati. That that number one pick could be up for grabs for Burrow or Tua if a team really likes Tua. If you're a general manager of a football team, are you willing to trade up to number one to get ahead of the Lions and anybody else who might want Tua? Yeah, that, you know that's a good. That's going to be a long ways to go, though. And and you know, we'll. I I, I can see not wanting to play for Cincinnati, though. You know, I, I sort of wonder what listeners, um, you know, think of that. You know, people that are, have not you know, had to go through the process of being an NFL player. It's it's interesting. You know, you get drafted by a team. Who else like leaves high school or leaves college, um, and your next job is you have no decision as to which company and in which city it is. You have you, you have it could be any of like. 29 or 30 different places and you can't control that well you actually sort of can i guess in that number one uh uh, spot you know and 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 so in cincinnati just has a long history of not being a a sort of a top flight franchise the chances of winning there or like the la chargers or just some of these teams is just harder because the the ownership does not sort of get it uh and on a multiple different fronts and so I can see him not wanting to go there. I, it worked out really well for Eli Manning. Worked out really well for John Elway. Uh, and you know, if I'm Joe Burrow, I'm, I'm you don't have much leverage. But the only really leverage you have is to sort of you know be cold on the whole thing, not say too much, and you know probably behind the scenes either hope you're not the number one pick, um, or you know try to work your way to somewhere else to to another team. So or another team trade for you, for, or however you know that works out. They might be trading, might be talking to a team. That where they want to is the first pick, you know, and try to get them to to move up, and they'll go to that te- you know the other team instead or something like that. Cincinnati, I, you know, I, I think Tua would rather. I think I'm, I'm guessing you'd like to play like in Miami, 
um, uh, who who has the third pick, I think, or something. Uh, so yep. you know, fifth, fifth pick. So I I I would assume that he would want to play there, or maybe you know somewhere like the Chargers, somewhere that's uh, you know more used to his his warmer temps. Sage, super important question for you. At your local grocery store, you go up to the deli counter. You take what's in the case, or do you ask for fresh sliced meats? Uh, I just say I'll have a pound of your roasted turkey, and whatever they do after that's up to them. Really? Hmm. All right. Yep. Okay. You know why? Because he doesn't want to create problems. He's, so, do you really think I'm you're probably on? I'm probably. I probably am not even. I'm probably saying it to him, and then looking at Twitter on my phone because I know I got to wait here for the next four minutes. See, they're saying I'm high maintenance because I want fresh sliced every time. He I don't. Al- I don't want what's been sliced and sitting in your deli case. Yeah, don't make life hard on me. He al- he also goes to to a drive through at the fast food place and now checks this- the bag before he moves. Of course, I check the bag. Wait. Now, Sage, there there we're on the same page, right? You got to check the bag before you leave the drive through, right? Uh, incorrect. You check. You pull up. You check the bag. Uh, so the next person can get in there. You no problem. You park and you walk in. Yeah. But now it becomes work for me if the but order you, is screwed uh, up. That's now fine, I got to go inside. Yeah, but the chances of the I, I usually don't have a problem. So we're saying like one out of twenty five times for me, there's something missing in there. So take ten seconds. The other twenty four times, I'm causing all these people the whole process. There's a process here, and you're clogging it up. Yeah. So you got to get out of the way. This man go in. Like a but if you have a problem, you can go in, and you can be. You can be really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm high maintenance. I don't know. Maybe I'm a Stefan Diggs like diva. I don't know. I don't know. I guess so. Well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's fast food's a team sport. You got to you got to yeah do your do your job. <laughs> and that uh, that's the type of sage football and life wisdom you get here on Mackie and mm. Jeb with Rami. You can also find Sage Mondays and Wednesdays on Purple Daily with Matthew Collar and. We will. Uh, we'll, we're sending you out to the combine next week, and so the next time we talk, you'll be in Indianapolis, sir. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we didn't even talk about Everson Griffin today with with this situation. So, you know, what are the Vikings going to do there? And and trades and Stephon Diggs, and you know, things happen at the Senior Bowl. Things happen at the combine. Uh, things get interesting as we get towards free agency just in a, a couple weeks, and then obviously the draft not long after that. You know, the NFL's second season, or maybe the most fun season, is the offseason, and that, uh, that starts at the Combine. So Mackie and Jeb with Rami, that's been Sage Football Wisdom here on Score North. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 2. I could see beyond the Black Hills and the way they called for exploration. I could feel the air, the way it paints against skin and fills hungry lungs. I could hear the way the water ran for miles and the way the bison grazed, the way our boots meet the earth as we step past expected. I could imagine my time in South Dakota, and I wish to go back because there's so much South Dakota, so little time. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.